0: If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world of food breakfast edition. First, what if you could get your favorite Krispy Kreme donuts at McDonald's? Mm. They're testing out the idea at a couple of locations in Louisville. They'll start with original glaze, chocolate and raspberry. Second, did you hear Kellogg's is bringing back a cereal inspired by Cinnabon? It's mini crispy cinnamon swirl shaped pieces topped with cinnamon sugar and sweet frosting. And finally, in the world of food, did your mom only allow you to eat certain cereals when you were a kid? There are several cereals that are no longer considered healthy, according to FDA standards. We're talking Raisin Bran, Honey Nut Cheerios, Corn Flakes, Honey Bunches of Oats, Frosted Mini Wheats, Life, and Special K. <laughs> you want to guess why?
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, sugar. 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 Yeah. yeah. Special K's got a lot of sugar in it?
0: A Special K was bad for the sodium. Too much
1: salt. Huh. I like all of those. And and how many, you know, how many moms just that, how they roll, they have that Cheerios container they keep with them all the time. Yeah. And you put the, the kids love the honey. They'd way rather have the honey nut ones than the, oh, yeah. the regular those ones. Those are the good so.
0: ones. I spotted pumpkin spice Cheerios at the store the other day. Well,
1: FDA may say, say no, but moms are going to say, they're going to continue to say yes, yes. on that one. So a lot of folks are still working from home nowadays, right? And I oh, yeah. think a lot of people it's going mm-hmm. to be permanent, and they love it because they're say, say they're saving money, and the biggest thing is they're saving time. I've got no commute. I've got so much more time now. So what are people doing with all that extra time they've found? Tell you what, most people say they're doing with it next. Are you one of those people that's uh, fortunate enough to still be working from home? Maybe that you're like, hey, this is the new normal. I am embracing it. This is who I am. I am working from home. It's yoga pants for me. And maybe I'll put on a shirt and tie with my shorts when when I have a Zoom meeting. But other than that, it's uh, smooth sailing. So what are people doing with all this extra time they've found? That's the big upside of it, right, is people have extra time. Well, most people, the majority of people say they are using their extra time to sleep
0: oh, so they get to sleep a little later in the morning because you don't have the commute
1: yeah they're sleeping they're taking naps they're doing with the extra are they reading books are they taking courses online are they going outside and playing with the kids nope
0: Oh, that's fascinating.
1: they I wonder if they
0: feel better and feel different. Well,
1: I was going to say, you've shared a bazillion studies with us where it says, like, you know, sleep is connected to having a better outlook and being less stressed and cortisol levels come down and yeah. on and on and on. So I would anticipate nationwide anxiety levels should be plummeting any moment now because everybody's getting some serious sleep. <laughs> You know, if I, if I was a work from home person with the, all that extra time, would I use it for sleep? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I'd fill it with some something else. But if you're one of those nappers, more power to you.
0: Do you do that thing in the morning where you pray that prayer like, God, please use me today to show your love and make a difference? Uh, there's something really simple you can do that is contagious in, in a good way. I'll tell you what it is in just a minute. Are you one of these people that prays this prayer in the morning? My friend, Mary Louise, I know she does it. You say, Lord, please use me today to s- to spread your love and your kindness and-, and to make a difference in the world, whatever m- I'm doing. And one way you can do that, believe it or not, you're gonna be like, really? That's it, Taylor? That's all I have to do is this.
1: Oh, you make me smile.
0: smile. Turns out smiling is just as contagious as laughter. And when you smile at someone, it spreads to at least three other people. Hmm. People say that a smile uh, can lift your spirit. It it makes you want to do something nice for someone else. And a lot of people say a smile from a stranger is just as good as getting three compliments. So I guess we all, especially those of us who have received unconditional love from God, we should be the ones that are the most smiley. Hmm. We should smile at other yeah. people and and it's contagious so go for it today.
1: Well, it's a smile has caused one of the biggest questions of of all time. <laughs> the the Mona Lisa, yeah. the most most famous painting in the world and people have been wondering for centuries, what is she smiling at? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the power of a smile, buddy the elf taught us that, right? Smiling. I like it. It's my favorite. But yeah. um it, here's a dichotomy with smiling, right? You're saying like sharing a smile it's contagious and like it affects like two or three different people. Yeah. It'll be a ripple effect of your smile. Mm-hmm. However, telling someone you should smile. Not good. <laughs> opposite effect. That's the opposite effect. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So bad. And I would say it's probably contagious because you irritate that person and then they irritate a couple of people. Right. So don't do
0: that. The other thing you should never do, not only should you say, hey, you should smile. Is uh, don't tell people they look tired. Oh, that is like the worst thing you can say to someone because they may be in a great mood. They may think when they left the house, they looked in the mirror and thought, hey, today was a good hair day today. I'm looking good. And then you go to work and they go, are you okay? You look really tired. And you're just like, wah, wah, (laughs) it's the worst. Can you tell it's happened to me (laughs) 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 on more than one occasion?
1: And someone says, you should (laughs) respond (laughs) to oh yeah you should smile <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what's funny though i desperately have to smile because if i catch myself on accident like in the rear view or like you you think you're taking a picture and it's on selfie mode mm-hmm. when i'm not smiling it's not a good look for me resting, at all resting taylor face it's is not terrible <laughs> yes it's not good for anyone <laughs> Have you been having vivid dreams lately? Mm. Google searches of the words vivid dreams are up 240%. Mm. A doctor is weighing in on why you're having vivid dreams and what they mean. People who go to bed late and get up up late, uh, you're actually more prone to have vivid dreams. But uh, here are a couple other factors. When it's really chilly in your bedroom, you have deeper, better quality sleep and then that gives you more vivid dreams. If you eat close to bedtime, you're more likely to have nightmares. Yeah. Having dreams about financial stress, work, or relationships can often be linked to stress and anxiety without you knowing. And they say doing some things like relaxing and calming down before bedtime might help if you're having stressful, vivid dreams.
1: Hmm. I don't, that cold temperature, deeper sleep thing, not with me. Oh, really? If it's cold, it wakes me, it'll wake me up and then I wake up and I'm like, oh man, I woke up and I gotta go to the bathroom. Because <laughs> <It's like, laughs> you're so it's cold. spirals, yeah. Oh, the funny. Thing spirals. I need it, I need it like the warmer, the toastier, the better. You're like my roommate in college.
0: She loved it hot. I like it. I sleep deeper when it's cold, for mm. sure.
1: Mm. And Tracy likes it cooler. So she was like, like last night, she had a sheet. A tank top and like shorts, like pajamas sh- set that she went to bed in. That's I'd it? On, I had on sweatpants, a long sleeve shirt, uh, the sheet, and two blankets. And I had them pulled <laughs> up to my chin when I first got in because I was so cold. So yeah, we're just we're just opposites <laughs> like that. That's funny.
0: Picture this. You're you're having a baby, you're about to give birth, and your husband's an OBGYN. What could go wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about that next. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Can an OBGYN work from home? Well, uh, Dr. Dan works in Brazil, and he took working from home to a whole new level. Uh, he's at work. He's at the doctor's office, okay? Mm-hmm. And he gets a call from his wife. Okay, It's time. Uh-oh. It's time. You got to get here. Uh-oh. So he rushes home. To his wife Deborah. She said she was already in labor at home and he grabs the hospital bag. He's like, Come on, come on, let's get on the elevator. Let's go. Let's get to the hospital. And the baby's not gonna wait. She gave birth in the elevator of their apartment building in Brazil. And uh they had a their second daughter, little baby Julia. Um, She just wasn't going to wait. And Dr. Dan, he's delivered over 5,000 babies in his career, but never anything like this. His own daughter.
1: I wonder if his wife is like, you should have known this was coming. (laughs) You (laughs) called yourself a professional. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You left the house this morning knowing. This baby was on its way.
0: Imagine those stories little baby Julia is going to be able to tell mm. when she grows
1: up. Yeah, yeah, I was
0: born in an elevator. Two, two, and a lie.
1: Wow. <laughs> I was
0: born in an elevator. Uh-uh. No, you weren't. And my dad's an OBGYN.
1: Funny story about that. Uh, lady whose husband is an OBGYN and he couldn't get there in time they gave she gave birth in the elevator of their apartment building that's crazy right
0: yeah can't imagine there's got to be
1: an Aerosmith parody song about that you know the song (laughs) love in an elevator (laughs) I gave birth in an elevator (laughs) (laughs) but do you have a crazy birth story did anything go wrong or anything crazy happen when your babies came along we'd love to hear your story so uh, we're talking about crazy birth stories it involve rushing to the hospital. Um, for us, it wasn't rushing to the hospital. For my wife, it was, particularly with our daughter, Autumn, it was a very, very difficult pregnancy. Um, she had a pregnancy-induced high blood pressure. She had to go on bed rest. She had to go in the hospital not once, but twice. Mm. And just, you know, like... Sit and do nothing. That's and they scary. kept an eye, yeah, monitoring Autumn to make sure she was gonna be okay. And it, it was you know it wasn't the best thing for Tracy's health in the world, but she was determined that kid is getting here. And then when she was born, um, it was an emergency C section, and there was no when you know when the baby's born, you hear that wah, wah, there was none of that. It was Uh-oh. silent. And scary. Tracy I'm making eye contact with Tracy. She, she couldn't see what was going on. I'm seeing them working on Autumn trying to I call it jump start her. Um, And she's looking at me with these terrified eyes. Tracy is like, is everything okay? And I'm like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. They're just cleaning her up. And I'm looking like, please, God, let this kid be okay. Oh, please, wow. please let this child be okay. And then after about the longest 20 seconds of our lives, we heard, eh, 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 and it's then barely. full on. Eh. so
0: Wow. Yeah, that it is, was. That'll make your heart drop.
1: It was crazy. Whew. So do you have a crazy birth story? Maybe yours wasn't that dramatic health wise, but it was pretty dramatic. Just getting to the hospital, or maybe that baby came before you even got there. We'd love to hear what went on with you. Give us a call.
0: So, Laura, it's hey, it's Kevin and Taylor. So, you got a good story of bringing a child into the world. My husband was on a Navy ship, and he had duty that night, and so he had to sleep on the ship, and my water broke at midnight. <laughs>
1: oh, no. I
0: called the ship and I told them, don't tell him it's an emergency but my water did break so we need to go to the hospital. He comes flying in, you know, on two wheels, and um, runs into the house, you know, where are you, where are you? And I was standing in the bathroom curling my hair, because I wanted to look nice for my
1: birth. (laughs) Hilarious. (laughs) He almost commandeered a helicopter to come and get you, and you're just curling your hair. you gotta look cute for the birth photos. (laughs) Yes.
0: So everyone knows moms are superheroes. They're amazing. And I just heard the most incredible story about a woman's birth and delivery story. Her name happens to be Amber, same as your daughter, Amber Miller. And she uh, was giving birth to her third baby and she had already run eight marathons. Wow. And she's no joke when it comes to running. Her personal best was get this. Three hours and 25 minutes. Good for her. I can't imagine running a marathon that fast. And so she was like really getting help from her doctor. Like, what should I do? What should I do? Because the the third baby was going to be born um, right after the marathon was the due date. And the doctor was monitoring her and he's like, no, you're good. You can run half of it. But then I would recommend you walk the last half. So she finished in like a little over six hours. Okay, And she started feeling contractions. And Uh-oh. she wanted to go home for a shower, and she wanted to go out to eat because you know how hungry you are after running a marathon. Because Kev, you've ridden, how many? Have you run like several? A few, yeah. Yeah, so you know you're starving. She uh, she went straight to the hospital, and then finally at 10:30 that night, gave birth to a healthy baby. What? But can you imagine? <laughs> I'm gonna run a marathon, and then I'm gonna. And she said. She would do a marathon any day over giving birth. She said giving birth is way harder. Mm. Do you ever feel like this, um, like I do? You feel a little bit bad about how accident prone you are, how easily you get hurt. Uh, mm. Until you hear, like, wait, people are getting hurt doing what? We're going to talk about that next. Do you feel like you're pretty accident prone? Uh, that I'm known for that. I don't. I'm not proud of that. It kind of bugs me. But um, I noticed when I broke my wrist because I fell mountain biking, the first thing I ask people when you go to physical therapy is, hey, what are you in for? Mm-hmm. And one of the number one ways, I've told you this on the show, is that people get hurt or break their wrist is tripping on their own area rugs. And so when you hear that, you're like, oh... Well, my injury's not that crazy then. (laughs) Uh, So here is something that I learned that I'm passing along to you because I'm accident prone. And this can be for you and your kids and your husband and all of you and your family. The number one way people get hurt during trick-or-treat season is... is carving pumpkins they <laughs> say it would be no way better if you let your kiddos paint the, the pumpkins instead of carving Leave the it. carving to the adults or if you're accident-prone adult like me maybe go back to just painting the pumpkins and then they also highly recommend hop online i noticed they're for sale on like amazon mm-hmm. get the um the battery-powered led candles for your pumpkin skip the flame The real candles. (laughs) Because apparently if you talk to ER nurses and doctors, the number one visit during trick or treat season is pumpkin carving injuries. Really? Is that crazy? The more you know. (laughs) I had no idea. I was today years old.
1: Yet another thing to be scared of, everybody. <laughs> Do you ever get frustrated when things don't go right? I mean, we expect things to go right. And when they don't, we get frustrated, upset, short-tempered, the whole bit. I heard something the other day that really put it in perspective, and I'm trying to apply this and and really embrace it. Maybe when you hear it, things will be a little less stressful for you, too. It's all about expectations. Okay, so I heard this the other day, Taylor, and I think it can help a lot of people. I know it's helped me already with um, our expectations in life. I mean, we, we, for whatever reason, we expect 100% of, like, the structures and systems in our life to go right 100% of the time. And when they don't, we get really messed up. We get really angry, right? We get really just like, I can't believe this happened again. Like, I don't know, you go to, I've, I've seen it happen to you. You go to st- start your computer in the morning,
0: and what happens? The blue screen of death, <laughs> right? It's as like, Kevin nicknamed it. The
1: computer goes, I don't think so. I'm talking yeah. about just on a normal day. It takes forever for it to boot up, right? Mm-hmm. And don't you wind up getting frustrated? I know I do the same thing. If something takes a while, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, this is taking forever. And it's because we have that expectation that everything's going to go right all the time. And if you think about it, that's a st- this side of heaven... That ain't going to happen. It's statistically impossible for that to happen. So if you go through life with this mindset of, I expect everything to go right all the time, 100% of the time, yeah, you're going to be frustrated and anxious. If you go through life thinking like, okay, yeah, some things are going to go wrong, but that's no big deal. Yeah, somebody's going to get in front of me in the fast lane and they're going to be going five miles an hour slower than everyone else wants to go. It's going to happen. It's going to be okay. Still going to get there. I mean, have you ever been so late for something that, I don't know, You, everything went wrong, you didn't get the job, you didn't get married, The you didn't make the sale, whatever. No, right? Mm -hmm. Yet we get stuck behind that person and we lose it. So anyhow, that was helpful to me. I'm really trying to apply that.
0: I have advice for you too, like if someone in your life is going through that, don't walk up to them in that moment when they're that angry and say, consider it pure joy. When you face trials of any kind.
1: Not right. the right timing. Hey, God won't give you more than you can handle.
0: It's the equivalent of calm down.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Bible style. So
1: that's been very helpful to me. And I just heard it a couple of days ago. So check in with me in about a week and see how it's going. But right now, so far, so good.
0: Hey, you know how the U.S. Surgeon General is usually focused on health issues, like encouraging you to quit smoking. Well, check out what he's worried about nowadays He says toxic workplaces are bad and hazardous to your health. A Mentally healthy workplace includes growth opportunities, work life balance and community, according to America's doctor. After all, chronic stress leads to poor sleep and a bunch of other health issues. So he says try not to work
1: somewhere that's toxic. How much of it is coping skills, though? I mean, all right, I'm not going to mention which one of my daughters, but to one of my daughters, everything and everyone is toxic. It's like, okay, at what point does it become your responsibility just to be able to navigate that stuff, right? Yeah, I think there's a
0: a big difference. Like, you can be resilient, mm -hmm. but if you have a boss that's just constantly putting you down and belittling you or, you know, making everybody feel like they don't matter. Yeah. That just, that starts to grate on you after a while. I get that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Hey, when was the last time you owed your other half an apology? This guy from Maine is either the bravest or the most foolish husband in the world. He compiled a list of the things he's had to apologize to his wife for lately and made it into a TikTok video. Ooh. <laughs> it's like his greatest hits of apologies. Went
1: upstairs for the night without announcing it. I applied the brakes in order to save our lives. When I sprained my ankle, I had a walking boot and I was limping too loudly up the stairs.
0: He said one time wow. he uh, he had too much breath. His warm <laughs> breath got on his wife, and uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Like either his wife isn't on TikTok or. She's got a really good sense of humor. I was
1: passive aggressive with the emphasis on aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What are you thinking, bro? (laughs) Uh
0: -uh. I was shocked.
1: Shocked. Uh -uh.
0: Coming up, do you like to get together with friends the night before Thanksgiving? Hey, do you like to get together with friends the night before Thanksgiving? A lot of people call it Friendsgiving, where you get to see your friends before a weekend full of family stuff. One in three say they're having one. Uh, A friend's giving say they're going to have pizza this year, Hmm. and when it comes to inflation and grocery costs, eighty eight percent of families surveyed said they'll save money on the meal by eliminating at least one dish from the menu. Other ways they plan to save money: invite fewer people, and I've never heard this before. um, You know, ask this. I've heard you know, hey, can you bring something? You bring the cranberry. You bring the rolls. That's that's totally common. But this one was what shocked me. A huge amount of people said in this survey, they'll ask guests to contribute money to help with the meal this year because inflation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say this year, hey, can I bring anything? Yeah. Why don't you bring the turkey? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs)
0: Turkey prices are up. I think it's like 40 or 50 percent. Oh, Something like that.
1: Wow. So yeah, everybody's tightening their belt, right? Doing what you can to save money. And then Taylor, you were just talking about Thanksgiving's going to be more expensive this year. Oh, I just read an article about what people are doing at the grocery store to try to save some money. My wife shared something with me yesterday that she's been doing. Maybe it'll be a tip that'll that'll help you. And maybe we can share some tips on saving money at the grocery store. We'll talk about it next. We're talking about ways to save money at the grocery store because nothing's getting cheaper, right? It seems like every time you go to the store, stuff is more expensive. Well, my wife, she went on a grocery store run yesterday and she came home. Taylor, she must have had, like, three bags full of pasta. She had spaghetti. She had elbow macaroni. She had You name the pasta, she had it. And I was like, why so much pasta? Are you going to be making a lot of pasta recipes? And she said, no, but we do eat pasta, you know, a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. And we use it all the time. And they had BOGO. And she's like, everything is so expensive nowadays. I saw buy one, get one. I got the limit. And yeah. It was like, you know, limit 10 boxes. She's like, I got 10. And if, I, and if I go back later this week, I'm going to get 10 more smart. because I'm going to save money while we can.
0: Yeah. I did that the other day with my husband's favorite bagels yeah. and I just stuck them all in the freezer. Yeah.
1: Put them in the freezer. Right. For the first right. time in
0: our lives, we have, we kept our old freezer when we moved. Yeah. So, so we have extra, extra freezer stores. space. Nice. We've never had that in a year in it's our nice, whole marriage. There? Yeah. So,
1: um, but here's what I'm wondering. I saw an article the other day that said people to save money they're just buying less they're just going when you go to the grocery store if you used to buy i don't know three bags. oh the kids like the regular chips and the ranch they don't get the ranch chips anymore they just get the regular chips they're but they're literally buying less because it's just more expensive how much a bag of chips are nowadays oh my goodness it's crazy so what are you doing is that you are you buying just like You used to buy the flavor of chips everyone likes, and nope, now you just get the plane and everybody can like it because we're not made of money. What are you doing to save money at the grocery store? Have you made grocery lifestyle changes because everything is so darn expensive nowadays? Would love to hear what you're doing. Jessica, it's Kevin and Taylor, and we're swapping ideas on how to save some money at the grocery store, because nothing's getting cheaper nowadays. What What is it that you do? We have a family of six, and every Friday I plan out every single meal, what I'm going to cook, exactly what ingredients I need, wow. verifying what we already have. And um, it's for lunches and also for dinner, and we stick to it. Mm. So it's a different way of living, but... It's absolutely necessary. Oh, we've totally done that, (laughs) where my wife, I'll go out, we have a pantry in the garage, and I'll be in the garage, she's in the kitchen, and she'll go, okay, I need chickpeas for this recipe do we have any yep
0: yeah that's so smart to shop from home first we actually had to have a separate fridge in the garage that's
1: just for the lunch food and the kids cannot touch it so otherwise
0: they'll snack you out of house and home absolutely you gotta
1: do what you gotta do right yeah but thanks for talking about this It's, it's a real challenge lately